Welcome to the Meg Rock Show with Manifesting Marge, enlightening you with high vibe spiritual guidance, interviews with high vibe people, and those who practice different healing modalities around the world. I help women manifest more love, more self love, more money, better health, and clarity on their life path. My purpose is to help you remember who the f you are. Let's rock this out. Today on The Meg Rock Show, I am with author, speaker, and intuitive coach and consultant, Randy Spelling. Randy is head of Randy Spelling Coaching. He is from one of Hollywood's most famous families. Randy never found fulfillment in the money and fame of Hollywood. I have admired him for quite a while, and I am honored to have him on my show. So welcome, Randy. Super excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and chat with you. Yes. Well, I, when I found you on Instagram... Obviously, I hadn't kind of lost touch with where you were in the world after all these years. And when I found you on Instagram, I was like, oh my gosh, he's like me. Like he understands energy and spirituality and sees it the way I do. And I, I've been following you for a while. So I'm super excited to have you on today. But I think the, the place that I want to start, because I'm just curious and I've read a little bit about your story, but I want to hear what it, what it was like growing up, the life that you lived as a child how that kind of led to the turmoil and feeling like you didn't fit in in your teenage years to leading you on this spiritual awakening. Like how did it kind of all come together and happen? Mm -hmm. um, well, it, you know, life growing up spelling and growing up in Hollywood the way that I did, it was, it was complex because it was amazing. It was fantastical. It was larger than life in many respects. And at the same time, that was my family. And I was a kid just like every other kid where I, I wanted to play and I wanted to hang out and I wanted, you know, to, I just wanted experience. And something that I realized early on is that money doesn't buy experience. I mean, it can, it can buy you nice trips. It can buy you choice. But in terms of spending time with the people that you love, in terms of happiness, in terms of fulfillment, I mean, I can't tell you how many famous people I saw where everyone's admiring them and they're smiling and they're putting on the show but they don't feel it within. And because I was, you know, pretty sensitive as a kid and intuitive and, and very in touch, I could feel people's emotions and I could feel, I mean, it's so confusing as a kid when you don't have the, the vocabulary and the, the, the wherewithal to see, wait, people are smiling and everyone's looking up to this person, but yet that person's not happy. Um, and so it was just a confusing world. And this isn't to say that it was all bad and it was a, a tortured uh, childhood because it wasn't, you know, there were some really amazing parts of my childhood. Um, you know, my, my parents really tried to make things very special for us. Um, but my way was just, I was writing poetry at five years old and talking about the world and how I wanted everyone to come together and feel loved. So it just was the way that I was. So cut to teenage years, which are awkward already. My teenage years were really who am I? And there was so much emphasis on uh, 
appearance and, you know, my father, one of the most famous television producers in, in history, Beverly Hills 90210, huge at this point. Um, and this was what I saw. These are the role models were big, famous, successful, money driven. And so I had to find my place within that. So I decided that I wanted to go into acting. Uh, I never had wanted to up until that point. It just seemed like it was something that was for my sister. You know, she was going to be in the spotlight. She had that craving. I didn't. But I wanted to find my place in the world. And so, you know, I, I went into it. But it, the line kept moving for me of fulfillment and purpose. And is this my purpose? Is this what's going to fill me up and make me feel whole? And I kept searching for that. I've, I've always been a searcher. So, you know, I tried acting and then it was sort of like, now that you've done TV shows and I was on a few TV shows, I was on a soap opera for three years. And then it was, oh, you have to do movies. It's always the more and more. So I went in and I did a couple movies and wasn't feeling it. So then I, I turned and did music and owned my own uh, independent record label to try and find fulfillment. And I remember putting my feet up on the desk and thinking, Ooh, now I could be an executive and now I could feel powerful. And now I could find my, my, my voice and I didn't find it. And then I, you know, started unfortunately filling myself with outside things like drugs, alcohol, just uh, you name it, just distraction either to numb myself or to try and fill something that couldn't be filled in those ways until 2006, my father passed away and I was shooting a reality show at the time, which was everything I didn't want to do. It was playing on my last name and it just, it was definitely one of the lowest points of my life, but it was a catalyst because it led me to get down on my knees one night and say, whoever can hear me, my dad was gone at this point. I said, I called him pops. I said, pops, dad, you know, spiritual guides, whoever is out there, please. I don't want to live like this anymore. I feel that I'm meant for more. I had a lot of meditative experiences, really deep uh, expansive experiences from the ages of uh, 18 to 21. And I knew that there was more connection, more than what I was living. And I said, that's what I want. So if I'm here for more, like I feel that I am, please help me get there. If not, take me out because I'm not going to do it myself. And um, something changed within a couple of weeks. I got the ball rolling, cleaned myself up. And then I said, okay, this is scary as hell. Who am I? And how do I fit into this world? And now I'm, you know, bare, bare clothed <laughs> out in the world. And I have no armor whatsoever. And I'm, I'm, I'm rediscovering who I am and how I function in the world. And that led me to uh, go down a whole bunch of uh, spiritual paths uh, learning different forms of psychology and metaphysics and, uh, finding my own, my own healing journey, and then discovering life coaching and working with others to find theirs. That's beautiful. So growing up, you were raised in the Jewish religion, right? 
I was raised Jewish, but I never had a bar mitzvah. My parents celebrate, we've celebrated Christmas. We also celebrated Easter. Again, not in religious ways, but in celebratory ways. So for me, I kind of grew up with a taste of everything. Yeah. So that really, I mean, and I guess going back to your childhood and you writing poetry and feeling different and not feeling like you really fit, fit into the world and you were trying to find your place, you already probably were open and with the help of your parents celebrating all these different things, you were probably open, open to the spiritual world, not even really knowing that that's what it was. Oh yeah. I, when I, you were a little. I had conversations with God all the time. I remember being in my bed and I would talk to God as I would a, a, a friend and mentor. And I remember <clears throat> I had these white shutters in my room and every time it was probably just an outside light for one of the dogs to go out but a light would come on and I would feel that oh that was God's way of saying hello and then I would end up sitting up in my bed talking with God so I had many many um friends and guides and conversations and was was pretty pretty intuitive do you, do, did you ever experience being an empath? Did you ever experience hearing things, feeling things, being told things? Like, was it that deep or was it just from your end knowing that you were being heard or were you hearing things? Um, I think when I was really little, I would hear things and see things. I mean, I think a lot of children do, right? I, I'm, I'm not abnormal in that way. Um, I... My parents have some fun stories about things that happened early on when I was in the crib and things were moving and happening and they were kind of freaked out by me and not in a bad way. They, they thought, what, what is happening? So they, they actually sent me to, you know, at that time in, I was born in 78. So in, in that time, this kind of talk was not that prevalent. So they'd sent me to a psych psychologist just to check it out. It wasn't, Oh, it, you know, is there something wrong with him? And they said, you know, he's, I don't at the time they said highly gifted or my IQ is really high. I don't know, but it was that, you know, he has very keen senses and sensory perceptions and he has a high IQ. I don't know what happened, Meg. I mean, it kind of went down from there, but <laughs> that is crazy. Okay. So we're all empaths, right? We're all empaths. Some people feel and experience more than others. Do you remember when you were living in this fake kind of environment because everybody's wanting to be famous, wanting to get something from somebody? Do you remember how you felt, like what you felt like when you know that when you knew that someone was in your presence that did not did not have good intentions? No, I didn't because it's kind of like tasting wine or smelling perfumes and trying to pick out different, you know, different scents within that. I don't know. Have you ever had one of those smelling kits? Did you ever? No, it? but I, no, but I've been to like wine tastings and stuff. I mean, okay. is that where you're you talking know, about a little bit? Yeah. For wine, for coffee. It's always like, Ooh, there's some earthiness with a hint of blueberry and the terroir, you know, there are all these, right. these things that people pick up. 
And I remember going to, uh, I really got into espresso when, uh, when I moved to Portland and this, this well-known um, coffee place here called Kova, the owner, Matt, he had this smelling kit and he said, smell this and see if you can pick up on what it is. And I thought, cause I could taste pretty well. Oh, this is no problem. It was so much harder than I thought. So why am I saying this? I'm saying this because as a kid, I did not, I didn't understand any of this. Mm -hmm. So I didn't understand what I was feeling. I didn't know. I was just a raw exposed nerve feeling everything and probably just thinking, oh, wow, I'm so sensitive or something's wrong with me or I cry a lot or I had no idea what I was picking up. And as a matter of fact, I really had no idea how empathic I was until I got clean back in 2006. And, and then I started, you know, down the road of doing this kind of work and being more present and learning what I was picking up on and then realizing, oh, I'm, I'm really picking up on other people's emotions and I had to navigate how to deal with that because i think anyone who's an empath at one point has judged themselves has said oh i'm not good at setting boundaries or i people please too much or you know i see myself through other people's eyes because they have the ability to do that and so it's sort of like it's a blessing and a superpower and it can also feel like a curse at times so 2006 you got clean and you started finding your way into understanding what it is to be human. And then the spiritual aspect of all of that. When did you move to Portland? I moved to Portland in 2010. Okay. So you were still in LA during that time period. What was it like being this new person amongst your old friends and your old world? And did they think you were totally like whack? Or were they like, okay, this is kind of cool. Let's see where this goes. No, they didn't think I was whack. They, I, I was the guy in my friend group who was always reading these far out books. Some of my friends would tease me because of uh, the, the books I was reading or, you know, I, I meditate and I'd, I'd have a crystal in my hand or I'd bring it on a trip and, you know, my little crystal would be there. So I don't think that it was strange to them, but I certainly felt strange because listen, up until that point, I was going to, to nightclubs and I was partying. And, and so I had to learn to relate to everyone in a completely different way. So that part was confusing and scary because I didn't know who I was and I was finding myself and I needed to change a lot of it was changing who I was hanging out with, changing my habits and changing my, my, my thoughts and beliefs. So your friend, were your friend group that you had when you were experiencing, you know, crazy times in your life and drugs and all of that, did you completely move on from them or have you kind of helped them? Have they kind of watched your journey and been like, Hey, I'm, you know, I want a new way of life too. I mean, I had my core group of friends who were my closest friends and those, those guys I still have today, you know, we still talk. 
Um, so I didn't leave them, but some of the, the scene, so to speak, of just hanging out at clubs and hanging out with people till four in the morning who otherwise I would not hang out with those people, you know, I didn't speak to again because I had no reason to hang out with them anymore. But my core group of friends, I, I still have, and we still stay in touch. I love that. That's awesome. Okay. So why don't you, why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, what you do with your clients and the kind of results that you're seeing with them? Do you find, and also, do you mainly find that you work with men or do you work with, with anyone? Uh, I work with anyone. I would say I work with more women than men. Uh, I don't know exactly why other than women seem a lot more willing to do self-work, um, more open, but I work, I work with men, you know, people ask me this a lot. What is the segment of people that you work with? And I would love to say, Ooh, well, my niche is this specific. And I only work with CEOs who want to change the world, or I only work with small businesses who want to have a bigger impact, or I work with students, but it's all over the map. I mean, my criteria is really, do you want to grow yourself? Do you want to have an impact in some way? And are you willing to do the work? For me, that that's really the biggest thing in terms of taking on clients, because I have courses where obviously there's more volume there. And then I have my private clients. Um, it's really fun for me to work with people who have the means to really make a big impact, whether that's financially or they are, you know, higher up in a company and can change the culture in the company, which then, you know, when the ethos changes, then the company changes and the people who work for the company change. And then that spreads out. So that is fun for me, but it's also fun for me. You know, I, I talked with this woman the other day and, uh, down in the South who was just, you know, was a little bit older and it was time for her to decrease her anxiety. And she says, well, I may not have that much time left. I want to attract a partner and I want to stop the way that I'm thinking so that I could be happy and feel this sense of purpose on a daily basis and feel good about myself, right? Feel confident in, in who I am and what I'm doing. And I was like, I'm in that that's, uh, I want to help you get there. So it's, interest, it's interesting that you say that you find yourself working with women a lot more because I'm just thinking like right now, I know there's a shift happen, happening in the world where we have a lot more feminine energy coming in and we've been in such a masculine energy place. And I can totally see men being like, I've got it all figured out. I don't need your help. I know everything, but we're coming into more feminine energy. So maybe there, there will be a shift and more men will start stepping into this help, you know, this self-help and, and, and realizing that they're not king, right? Yeah. I mean, I love working with men because I would say as a, as a male, I, I run both female and masculine energy. I mean, I, I think I'm a pretty good balance. I'm not a hard, hard, uh, quintessential male, um, 
and I'm not super feminine, but I, I'd say I'm pretty balanced. So I have the ability to work with men and get them more in touch. The funniest thing is, I don't know, between sitcoms and the way that men have been portrayed is really kind of like the men are just pig headed and, you know, they just want to sit on the couch and watch football. And I get right. That's could be a certain sect of men, but there are a lot of men these days where there are a lot of demands on men as a partner, even in a relationship, it's like might, might still have to provide, but also put in the time to be a dad and change diapers and maybe go grocery shopping and do all the food. And so roles are really being melded. And while I think it's, it's an amazing thing, I think both men and women are trying to find their exact role of who am I and what can be malleable and what can be completely dissolved as a role, but then also come into what is a new role, a, a, a new, more evolutionary role that I can step into that feels right all around. Yes, definitely that that yin yang of the whole the whole energy system. Okay, what are you? Uh, why do you believe that this type of work is important, and especially now? I mean, what a wonderful time! And I'm sure you've seen like over the past year, so many people saying, "Okay, I've got a lot of time, and I'm doing." a lot of nothing. So I might as well look within. Are you seeing that a lot now? And why do you believe it's so important now that people do this type of work? I'm going to answer that coupled with uh, the second part of the last question you asked me, which was, what are the results that you see? We are at a time on this planet where, in my opinion, there's nothing else to do but to change, but to shift. I mean, how, Amen. right? Like how bad does it have to get? How, how many storms, how many eruptions, how many hurricanes or droughts or uh, disgusting, horrible, treatments of human beings need to happen before everyone goes, wait a second, I wouldn't treat my child like that. Why would I treat another human being like that? Uh, why would I treat the planet like that? So change to me is crucial. I mean, I imagine you feel this too. It's like, this is our mission, right? This is who I am as a soul. I am here to do this in some way. I'm here to evolve myself. Um, and I'm here to help others evolve, raise their consciousness. And that sounds a little bit woo-woo-y, but to make that grounded, it's to feel better in your daily life. It's to fight less with other people, with partners, changing the patterns so you're not a parent and find yourself just repeating the unconscious patterns that were modeled to you growing up. Because a part of you said, that doesn't feel good. I don't want to see my parents do that to each other. I don't want to have that happen to myself, but then people turn around and just repeat that pattern because it's what they saw. So for me, there's no other way, but to start looking at our patterns and start looking at our actions and find ways 
to grow, find ways to change out of where you're at because most people, not all, right? This is a, a maybe a gross exaggeration, but most people are chasing happiness. I think we all are. It's like, what is, you know, at one point it was like the American dream. At one point it's just the dream of what is life and how can I feel good on a daily basis? So really bottom line, when I wake up in the morning, I don't dread getting out of bed. I actually have energy and I'm excited about the possibility. Doesn't mean that every day is going to be good. It just means you're excited about the possibility. And when you go to bed at night, you can tuck yourself in bed and be content and feel good about what you've done and how you've showed up. So that's you know why I feel it's important. Um, I also feel that we are at critical mass with fear and anxiety. I think fear and anxiety have run the planet for thousands of years probably. And you alluded to this as being more male dominated. Um, you know, male dominated as, as power hunter, you know, uh, war. And that's the last thing we need. So I think it is important to change the, the paradigm. The results that I see from doing this work and people doing this work, I can share this with you. It's been really fun. In the last three months, for whatever reason, I've had so many clients share their experiences. And I don't always hear everyone's experience because we work together for a period of time. They go off and I might hear from them. I might not. But uh, one woman uh, was, she came to me because she was having some relationship issues. Really, it was confidence issues and she didn't know what to do or what her next steps were in life. It was a whole fun journey to get here, moved across the country to be with this person. And then it wasn't the right move and moved back. And um, she just sent me a picture the other day of an engagement ring. And it was so fun to watch how, oh my gosh, am I a horrible person? Did I make a mistake? Was this the wrong move? Should I beat myself up over this as we all tend to do? And really pulling back the camera and saying, no, 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 no. There's a deeper healing that's happening here. You needed to go through this because of this and because of this. And when you can point out all of those things, that it's not just the end result that we might think, but it's all of the healing that gets brought up all of the opportunities for healing that get brought up. And it wound up that um, she ended up getting engaged and the relationship is wonderful and she's happy as a clam. I got another woman, uh, I have the note here on my desk that says me, VP, no way. She went through Hurricane Sandy, uh, basically lost everything. Her neighbor had died in Hurricane Sandy, so she was traumatized. And she did one of my group programs. And I said to her uh, about the second time in, I said, you're okay. You've lived. You're okay. And I had to say it, I don't know, 22 times until I felt that it actually went below her thinking mind. And I watched it sort of go into her body until her breathing changed her color changed in her face and she got the shift. She heard me on a different level. 
And this spawned a whole chain reaction. And we made a list of three things that she ultimately wants to do in this whole year. And she wanted to get healthy. I said, okay, when are you signing up for your, your marathon? And she laughed and I said, no, really by Thursday, you need to sign up for a marathon. She got in great shape. She lost weight. She ran the marathon cut to, I didn't hear from her for a year. She got let go from her job, but she said, I had the tools, Randy, to remain calm, to know that everything was going to be okay. She ended up getting her dream job. Was, was, you know, now a VP high up in this company doing amazing. And she was in debt pretty badly because of Hurricane Sandy and everything. Everything paid off except her mortgage, which she was fine with. Everything, you know, happened. So between like that, promotions, people raising their self-confidence and feeling good about themselves. I had another woman the other day who wanted to uh, start working with women and having a, a, a bigger impact in six weeks, she had, she, she had a zero income business. She had $102,000 in her business in six weeks. So, I mean, those are the fun sort of external goals that we see um, from clients that I work with, but you know, in doing this work, my main goal, those are fun, shiny, like, ooh, this happened. For me, when I see someone's energy change, when I see them loving themselves more, when they smile and they go, oh, I used to be anxious and now I'm not, that to me is success. I love it. I love getting those texts. It just, it makes what we do so worth it. And it, I'm almost 40 and I finally understand why I'm here on this earth instead of just like doing the thing and moving through life. I know exactly what I am created for. And it is, it's for this work. And I think once you, you know, I'd say this all the time, but I think the missing link for humans on this planet is the spiritual part. And mm -hmm. I'm not talking about religion because a lot of people that are religious have absolutely no spiritual connection to the creator, but the spiritual part, like they're just going through body. They're going through their life with their body and their mind. And when you really understand and experience that spiritual component and you understand the journey of a soul may not always be easy, but it's for growth and leveling up and learning and evolving and knowing like what we're going through right now, like how many times, I mean, it's crossed my mind, but I go back to what, what I know, what my truth is. And it's like, why are we here? Why are we experiencing all of this? Why did we sign up for all this? And why did we sign up for all this? Like our soul chose to be on this planet during this time. Like we are equipped with everything that we will need to move through this life. And you're exactly right. Like now is the time to go, okay, so this is happening in our world. Let me focus on myself. How can I change so that I can navigate this better? so that I am moving through this life energetically aligned. So my health is okay. So I'm there for my family. People are really having to self-reflect right now because it is taking us adapting, but people adapting on that spiritual level is just so freaking exciting to me. And I'm seeing more and more of it. Yeah. I, I, I feel like what's happened in the last 
year and it's going to continue to happen is there are holes in the matrix. And if anyone's ever seen the movie, the matrix, these, these constructs, these big constructs of this is the box of the world that's starting to change. And people are starting to wake up and go, is it, it, is it, it, is it, is this table in front of me really as dense as what I think it is? Or is it just an accumulation of matter, which in essence is energy anyway? You know, the, the idea of the, the systems, I think there are these holes in systems where people are starting to crave more transparency. And there's something that is off that people are going, oh, something doesn't feel right about this. So you're right, Meg, that people are having to self-reflect. I mean, even in the, the, the pandemic, people stopping enough. Now, I know this isn't across the board, and I know so many people have been affected. So, you know, what I'm about to say uh, doesn't minimize someone's experience of that. But people got a chance to unplug for a moment and go, oh, wait, there's a pause. What is life? What is, what is my life? Why am I in this rat race? Why am I even trying to you know, make money and accumulate things like what is the point of all of this? And then school, you know, people are moving out of big cities because maybe it's better for them to work remote or not have as an expensive of a place because it's not needed. And what's more important is spending time with family or having some property to run around in or just communing with nature, right? Like so many gyms and places are closed. So now, People are going, maybe I should get outside. Maybe I should go for a hike or a walk. And what that does, how that connects people more. So th there's some exciting things that are happening and there's some messy things that are happening. And both to me are equally important because without the messy, there's no way to transcend. We have to shine light in the dark spots to illuminate that and see what's hiding in the corners. And that's what's been happening and will continue to happen, I think, for quite some time. Oh, that's so beautifully said. I love it. So I want to ask you, at the end of your life, like you have, you have two children. I have two girls. Yeah. Two girls. So at the end of your life, what do you want to be known for? What do you want your girls to think about when they think of their daddy and what his life was like? what his life was about. Kindness, heart, service, and love, and caring about people enough to foster change, you know, because, uh, change isn't always easy. Certainly it's not comfortable. Uh, but yeah, that's what I would like them to know me as. That's so pretty. I love that. Well, I know that they just probably think that you are, you're the apple of their eye. I can't imagine you being their daddy because I'm sure you're an amazing one. Thank you. I, I mean, the, there are some moments, right? <laughs> like we all have first, when we first got on this call, you said something and I said, well, sometimes, right? I mean, there are, and I always want to share this too, by the way, because 
you know, the whole holier than thou guru mentality also has to dissolve, right? We are all people. Like Jesus was also a person <laughs> living in a body. I'm sure he didn't do everything perfectly. I'm sure he had to make some choices that were probably hard to his family or friends. So not that I'm comparing myself to Jesus, but you know, I think people need to understand because of social media and because you know, people are putting out one to two notes and there are so many other notes. So even in my life, I have some moments where I'm proud of as a father, where I go, that was great. I feel good. I see how that impacted my kids. We went on a hike the other day and it was so connective and fun and I felt great. And there's a time where I might be on my phone and they're asking me something, but I feel that pull of, oh, I have to do this right now. And, you know, I've, I've snapped before or I've gotten impatient or I've had that moment of just please hold on. I'll be with you in a moment. I already answered you where I probably could have handled that differently, but it happens and it happens with my wife and it happens. So that's it. Yeah. That, that's a great point because I say this all the time and it is so true. I mean, you just, you just, you just hit on it. We are spiritual beings having a human experience and too many times when people are, you know, quote religious or spiritual, or they're out there and they're, you know, they're life's purpose is to talk about all the good stuff and, and the way to live their lives. Heaven forbid you do something human and people are like, Oh, I thought you were spiritual. Oh, I thought you were, you know, you were, you know, a pastor, you know, it's just, you're exactly right. As, as much as we strive to do the right thing. It's funny because I have, um, I call my, my coaching business is manifesting Marge and she's kind of like my alter ego. And she, she brings me, she's that spiritual part of me that brings me back to my truth. And then the small mindedness is this Meg, this Meg, little girl, Meg, that I came to, you know, live this life as her. And I just have to bring myself back to, to center because a lot of times there are things that I'm not proud of. And you're exactly right. Like I, I have to apologize to our children all the time. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that that way. We set my apology. I think that's one thing that's so important about being, being parents and letting go of that ego thing is that knowing that we aren't the final say in everything. And we don't know everything that our children literally are a part of our lives to help teach us. Exactly. And then we see them as a teacher and we're willing to say, I'm sorry, I handled that the wrong way. They're like, oh my gosh, like I understand the power of an apology and not acting like you're right all the time. But yes, I totally understand when you say that because we're, we're imperfectly perfect. No one is perfect all the time. Exactly. And there's so much power in modeling that for children, because, you know, if you have a, a parent, let's say, who's a pastor and always preaching to the choir and, you know, it, it can be tough to tell a child, this is who you have to be. And this is what you have to be. And there's no room for error versus, um, saying, yeah, I'm, I make mistakes all the time, but showing them what that looks like, because in life, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fail. So that whole like fear of failure, we're all going to do it. 
right? That's the part of you have spiritual and you have human and they both have to be embraced. Like when things get too heavy, you know, my suggestion is always raise up, always look at who you are beyond the role of your life. Cause we get too cemented into the role of our life and it becomes heavy uh, and serious. But then also it, it, there's this part of, you have to fail. You have to make mistakes. It's part of growth. It's part of learning. Look at my life that I just shared with you. And at those times, in those dark moments, I mean, my friends probably thought I was going to die many times. My, my, my parents were worried. I mean, there were some moments that were hairy and bad and, you know, it took me down. And the rubber band pulled pretty far back, but then when it was let go, I catapulted far forward as well. So I needed that. We all need sometimes to be pulled back and fall or fail or trip and then go, okay. You know, when kids fall, sometimes I'm okay, I'm okay. And they dust themselves off and they get up. Sometimes they cry and sometimes they need help. Sometimes they need support. Sometimes they need you or I to help them through, just like coaching. Sometimes we all need help and support to get through, but it's not because you're broken. It's not because you're bad. It's not because you're dysfunctional. It's not because there's something so wrong. It's because you want to be successful. We all want to be successful. So let's all help each other to get that success. Because if you win, I win and vice versa. Well, and you know, you will hear spiritual people say, I, I mean, I basically follow spiritual people. So maybe other people say this besides people like us, but people will say, and I say it too, because I truly understand and believe it now that everything is in perfect timing. And when you, from a human stance, look at, well, my life is shit. This is chaos. Like, why would I ever choose this? How is this perfect? It's exactly what you said, because everything is placed there for you to look at yourself, say, how can I make a change? How can I level up? What can I learn from this experience? It's going to make me a better, a better person and a better human. And one thing that I wanted to touch on, because I think it's, it's, it's empowering and it's amazing. And you don't hear these stories a whole lot, but I think there's a lot of power in it. And I don't know any of the numbers because I'm a total right-brained artist. I don't, numbers don't stick very well in my head. I don't do very numbers very well. Um, but your dad was worth a lot of money and he left your sister, you and your sister, very little money by money standards. If you're looking at your dad's net worth. And I remember reading somewhere you saying, you know, look, I probably wouldn't have done and stepped out of my comfort zone and, and really worked to have found myself and my purpose. If I'd had a bunch of money sitting there, cause it really wouldn't have made you it really maybe would have, wouldn't have made you search as much. Can you explain that for a minute? Yeah. Um, so there's a way of looking at things in the past. You know, I, I, it wasn't about the money for me. So even when he passed away and I was told this and a part of me just thought, okay, that's what it is. And then, you know, as I, it became a thing, right? In the media, it was like, oh, well, they only got, you know, this amount of money. And so, of course, that went in somewhere. And 
but that that it it was what it was and if i could use this as an example of many things in our past because we all have something that we hold on to when we go if this was different you know if 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 my parent only did this with me or if they didn't do this to me or but we can't there's it's futile because when something happened it happened you no matter what you do you cannot go back and change it period so for me at some point you know i mean i could look at it and go well why wasn't i left more and it, it, it could have been so much easier for me and I didn't have to stress as much. And I did that for a little bit, but guess what? It got me nowhere. It only led to me potentially holding resentment or feeling wronged or pained in some way. Then I looked at it as, well, wait a second. This is what it was. This is what I have. What can I do moving forward? Again, who am I? How do I want to show up? How do I want to use to say what you were saying just before? This is an opportunity for growth. How do I use this opportunity? And of course, Meg, you know, I could, I could do that one day. And then the next day I didn't feel like that. Then, you know, the day after I brought that up again until now I look back and I thought, yeah, you know, who knows if I was given, I'm just throwing out terms like 5 million, 10 million, 20 million, who knows what, maybe I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Maybe I wouldn't fully understand the value of money, stressing about money, changing my relationship to money and the importance of like, all that is so rich and valuable so that I can go, I do know what it's like, right? Just because I grew up like this and whatever, I know what it's like. I know what your mindset is. I know what you're going through. And here's what I can share with you. Two plus two is not going to equal six. So let's reformulate this equation to work for you to start to make the numbers that you want so you could feel the way that you want. That is so, so powerful because it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, most people have something that has happened in their life that they are clinging to. They are playing that story every single day. They're the victim of that story and you're exactly forward. I mean, they're stuck like in putty. I mean, they literally, they're paralyzed in every sense of the word. They are a part of that and they cannot move forward. And like everything, it's, it's a choice. It's a choice. Exactly. And, and by the way, that is one of the most fun areas I love to coach people in. I love it more than anything because if there's a place that someone's stuck and I always, maybe you do this too in your coaching, I don't like to do band-aid fixes. Like sure, I'll talk about how to schedule your time and how to make you more efficient and productive, but, but let's get to the heart of what's keeping you from feeling a sense of happiness and fulfillment more on a daily basis, right? Like what, what, what are you angsty about? What, what is causing, what can't you forgive that is holding you back? Those things I love because, you know, when you see someone change, I mean, I just saw you not smile and then smile. And that's the same thing when someone's not smiling, when they're, when they could change that and their face illuminates and their eyes sparkle and they have that moment of, Oh my God. And then they breathe deeper. 
that is just so much fun. Well, and when, when they heal, just like you healed and you've moved forward, like how healthy is that for your girls and your wife to know that you are not captive to this is what happened with, to me. I'm going to think about it and sulk about it every single day of my life to this is my freedom. This is my choice. Like I, I, I'm, you know, maybe grateful that, that these have been the circumstances of my life because it has led me to coaching and it has led to one of my favorite things to coach on is how to not be stuck. Right. And so when we heal, we truly do heal for generations to come because when we don't heal our family members and our little households feel that energy, that bitterness, and then they somehow hang on to their bitterness of something that happened in their life. And it just, it keeps going on, keeps going on. Well, this has been incredible. Tell our listeners how they can connect with you on social media and um, where they can find your book. Sure. Um, So for social media, I'm on Instagram at Randy Spelling. I just joined Clubhouse, which seems kind of fun. And it's cool. It's I'm still trying to figure it out. It's a really cool concept. (laughs) Me too. This is just three days ago I did. So I'm I'm on there as Randy Spelling as well. Uh, Facebook, Randy Spelling Coaching. My website, Randy Spelling. Do you hear a theme here? I do. (laughs) Um, I like it. It's simple. I like simple. (laughs) And then my book uh, is on Amazon. It's called Unlimiting You. Wonderful. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. And we're going to do this again down the road. It's just been so fun to connect. And I know our listeners are going to learn a lot from you and um, they're going to find you on the web. Thank you, Meg. It's been fun for me too. I look forward to doing it again. Yes. Thanks, Randy. If you thought today rocked, subscribe to the Meg Rock Show podcast, leave a review and let me know what your takeaway was. All of my social is linked in the show notes. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram at TheMegRock. For more info on me and to take my quiz to find out what energy blocks you have in your life and in your home, and maybe even coaching, go to ManifestingMarge.com. Repeat after me, I am a powerful, loving, radiant, abundant, badass warrior goddess. I am here to rock out this lifetime. It doesn't serve me or the world to play small. I am worthy of all that I desire. See you in the next episode. The Meg Rock Show podcast and all content created by Manifesting Marge LLC is created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have for a medical condition or concern. Meg Schwarzrock is not a doctor or a therapist.